he's not 100% and he has a pretty grizzly looking scar on his leg but pretty cool looking scar yes. pretty, pr- yeah pr- pretty cool <laughs> looking goes well with the cigars you know one-stop shop for news views and overreactions to all things nfl this week we're going to be looking at the afc north giving you our preview talking about all the starters and who's going to do well and who's going to do poor. okay so first up on the block is the bengals they added jamar chase trent taylor chris evans not that one a different no no not that one either no 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 not it's, it's, it's a different chris evans again offensive line they added riley reef jackson cannon deandre smith uh, they also in the defense added trey hendrickson mike hilton uh jadobi awuze uh, larry Ogunjobi, and eli apple that's where eli apple is okay uh <laughs> They lost Carl Lawson, Geno Atkins, William Jackson, Mackenzie Alexander and Sean Williams and AJ Green, John Ross, Gio Bernard, Seton Carter, who I didn't, I didn't even know who's on there, and uh, BJ Finney. Um, the Wagon Wheel song, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's... Um, <laughs> It's an interesting kind of. Uh, I hate I hate using the term transitional year for the Bengals, but there's a, there's a couple of similarities to some of the stuff we discussed last week's episode about the Dolphins here. Of oh, we have a head coach uh, entering their third year, I believe. We've got a rookie quarterback what, entering their, in, entering yeah, but their, but we had respect for uh, Brian Flores. Uh, I don't know if we're going to have that in this conversation. For no, I'm not sure if any of us really. <laughs> I think it's Zach Taylor. It's just no one knows anything about him. We've got a rookie coming in who I think performed quite well, but then was out for injury. So it's a slightly different quarterback situation, we'll say, than Tua. It's it's interesting to see how they've gone at this offseason because I don't think the main concern last year was the weapons. They were getting on pretty well with the weapons they had. The issue was the offensive line was absolutely terrible. So they added Riley Reef and Jackson Cameron to, to this line, as well as Andre Smith, two rookies. Um but they had the opportunity to draft the top lineman in the uh, in the, in the draft, and they decided to go with Jamar Chase, bring back the weapon for their quarterback from his college years. Burrow's back at practice at the moment. He's not a hundred percent, and he has a pretty grizzly-looking scar on his leg. But pretty cool-looking scar. Yes. Pretty, pr- yeah, pretty, pretty cool. <laughs> Goes looking. well with the cigars, you know. It does, yeah. <laughs> but uh, so we basically like the main the main question going into this year is going to be. What will Burrow look like after the injury? Because last year he was on a very good pace. Probably would have made. Probably wouldn't have beaten Justin Herbert out for the uh, for the rookie of the year, but would have been kind of in that conversation kind of area. Cincinnati have brought in a lot of people to the offensive line. They've gotten rid of some of the ones from beforehand. The question is, will it be enough to keep him safe? They have a good running game that can support him if they can get that going. They've now got a kind of a slightly different. You can almost say they've nearly tailored what they brought in on the offense to try and suit him uh, and you gotta hope that that is basically gonna work because like this team as we saw last year if burrow goes down there's not exactly a ton else to be doing here as, as we mentioned zach taylor like has really not shown much by the personality or performance wise in his time here like i don't think i can think of a defining issue like is he better at run game or pass scheming is all i know is he's shit at fucking o-line that's all i know for certain <laughs> um like zach taylor is just the he's just you know he's, he's the faceless picture on football manager of the opposing side's coach <laughs> cincinnati's defense 
they've added a couple of nice pieces here. They got Hendrickson, Mike Hilton coming in, Joey Owose. Eli Apple's a reclamation, but like, you know, could work out. The defense that used to be kind of so big and have, let's be honest, kind of frankly bad reputation for being too hard hitting. They haven't even had that kind of identity for a while. I think there was like a three game stretch last year where they looked decent, but that was about it. And I'm not sure losing Carl Lawson and Gino Atkins, if, if, if they've brought in enough to kind of change that significantly. They've also basically redone their whole back end because William Jackson, Mackenzie Alexander and all them gone. Like, it's, it's a lot of transitional pieces, but it is... The, the, the inverse of Tua to this situation is I know from what I saw last year that if they can keep him a little bit protected and now particularly they've added like a wide receiver that he knows very well and stuff like that like if this offense can just get going I'm significantly less worried about like their defense and things like that because it felt at times like an offense that if it just got an extra second behind that line could have been like you know putting up serious numbers but again i i i've always kind of the last few years just kind of thought they were always just a piece or two away so i could entirely be be incorrect on this who who, who has any particularly strong opinions do we think like do we think this offense can work or are we too worried about the burrow injury or what do we think zach taylor i don't rate him like he was the quarterback coach with Sean McVay and basically got hired because it's like, oh, it's like a white young person who works at Sean McVay. He must be the next Sean McVay, right, guys? And like, that's basically what hire happened when they hired him. And he's had like a, you know, like a, like a around point two record since then. But I think the the thing to note about the Bengals is that they're a bit like the 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 Washington football team. They're a special case in terms of their ownership is absolutely shit and uh, unlike Washington are absolute cheapskates like Paul Brown is an absolute cheapskate this is a team where the head coach is basically expected to run the team for him because he's too I don't know he's too busy I don't know doing other stuff I assume to actually give a crap about running an effective football team like the thing about Marvin Lewis despite all the shit he kind of took because for losing all those wildcard games is that he was at least capable and was ready to take over a team and effectively be a Bill Belichick run the whole organization for you and manage to turn one of the most embarrassing franchises into a, you know, hilariously tragic franchise, <laughs> uh, but, but overall successful by record terms. But then you have like, you know, and I think like basically for Zach Taylor, the problem is that he was in no way ready for that. Like the fact that they still have this guy, uh, what's his name, Lou Anaromo, who just sounds like a like a like a bit part player in like Seinfeld or something like that. Like this <laughs> is this is just a situation where I have no like Zach Taylor, even at his very best, I just don't think we'll be able to turn this organization around. And yeah. it kind of feels like yeah, the offense should actually be okay. Like, like I think they, they brought in some more offensive linemen. They didn't get Panay Sewell in. They got Jamar Chase. But I think like last year, the offense was fun. It was stupid. But it's yeah. fun to watch. And of course, like the biggest problem with them is that the first like eight weeks of the season on third and long, they tried to run the LSU offense, which basically involves like Joe Burrow like sitting back and waiting for these like, you know, really good routes to come true. Doesn't really matter if you're like being hit like within three sec like within two to three seconds. And that's basically why in these obvious passing situations it just was killing Joe Burrow. Ironically, they were actually improving a bit around the mid season part 
Uh, but you know, you know, it just happened to come that late, like in the middle of the season, Joe Burrow got absolutely annihilated and his knee exploded. I think like on the defense, you know, they replaced Carl Oxen with Dre Hendrickson, which is like replacing someone who had a one, like Dre Hendrickson had like a one here wonder with the Saints, and probably mostly because he he was operating across from Cam Jordan. But the rest of the changes, like Mike Hilton, Chiobi Ouse, Larry Ngunjobi, Eli, like not Eli, but he's crap. But these other guys, like they're all solid enough players. Like they they. Like, if this was another organisation, I could see a plan. But I just have so little trust in this organisation and so little trust that Zach Taylor is somehow going to grow up and become someone who could run a team by himself, which is effectively what he has to do, that this won't turn into another disastrous season. But because they have Joe Burrow, because they have a, a fun offence, I think at least they should be watchable. But in terms of actually making the step up, turning this team around and making them a genuine force in the AFC North, one of the toughest divisions in the NFL, not really seeing where that's going to come out uh, while Zach Taylor continues to be head coach here. Sorry. It really doesn't help that that, that, it, that it is such a strong division at the moment with two proper contenders sitting inside it, or at least. There is one other thing to note as well about the Bengals, which may fall under the radar, is that their schedule is actually quite tough. I was I was kind of up on the Bengals. I thought they'd be better than last year because Burrow would have advanced and will stay healthy, likely. But I could still only find kind of four wins for them in their in their schedule because, okay, their division is quite tough already that they've got two playoff teams, or likely playoff teams, in the, the Browns and the Ravens and the Steelers who are in decline but are still probably going to be a, a decent kind of middle-of-the-road team. So it's going to be hard to win there. They're also, it's, it's a weird one, they're paired with, right, the AFC West and the NFC North. But the Bengals are playing all the good teams at home and all the bad teams on the road. So they have home games against, like, the Chiefs and the Packers, whereas they, they're on the road against the weaker team. And if obviously that was reversed, you could expect them to get more wins. Yeah. And this game 17 that they have this extra game, they're playing the 49ers who are supposed to, are going to be very good this year. So it's going to be weird. They could be very good, but actually not win that many games. Mm. Um, they could be competitive against good teams and they could be in games until the end, like near the end of the fourth quarter, but they could end up only winning three, four or five games. It's going to be an interesting one in terms of that. I mean, yeah, he, it's going to be one for watching fun offenses do fun things, but don't expect the Bengals to, to be winning many games, I guess, the point <laughs> they're trying to make. Don't worry, Zach Taylor. Someone will probably give you an OC <laughs> job next year. It's grand. <laughs> the, the, the problem is, like like you said, with the ownership being as cheap as they are there in Cincinnati, like I think six wins keeps Zach Taylor's job. Like, <laughs> That's actually... Yeah. <laughs> like that's the worst thing is it like you know mediocrity and like the bottom end like low scale mediocrity is still enough for them i'd imagine like you know if if nine and seven and a wild card loss every year is fine then you know eight and ten or eight and nine or seven and ten and just missing it but staying competitive is probably enough for them as well, you know? Oh, that is depressingly accurate, Connor. Uh, <laughs> and for, and, and that, that's for coming from me. Like, you're, you've been bigging up the Bengals for multiple years now, and, you know, you're kind of going, come on, do something. Like, yeah. you know, maybe Marvin Lewis will be the best Bengals coach of all time because I think the requirements for it are just are ridiculous. Like, it's just like, he did take them out of absolutely nowhere to... Uh, grim mediocrity but yeah yeah so i've got I've, I've got the high end on this i've got them winning eight games which is uh some, some 500 is the high point it scales all the way down seven wins from ronan four wins from sean and three wins from harry yeah we're not expecting a ton out of them and as i said it is a particularly rough looking schedule for them but yeah bengals tough t- tough tough breaks bad coach bad vision to be in at the time and uh, next up we will have a look at the cleveland browns coming off uh their 
their most successful season, right? Like by distance. Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. Yeah. Well, um, since the pre-Super Bowl era, like they did, they were very good in like the fifties. Ah, yeah, but that was the Ravens, right? It's gotta get legally, legally gotta get those digs in. Legally, the Browns kept the the the, the records as as their kind of divorce. Oh, yeah, I thought they just kept the name. I thought the records transferred. No, no, this, this was a special no, case no. where the league said. Okay, we, we really fucked you, so you get to keep the <laughs> records. Very good. So just in terms of uh, additions, uh, Greg Newsom II, Troy Hill, uh, Jadavian Clowney, Tack McKinley, Malik Jackson, Jeremiah Osamuzo Kamoa, Anthony Walker, they lost Terrence Mitchell, Tavari Thomas, Kevin Johnson, Carl Joseph, Andrew Sandejo, uh, Larry Ogunjobi, Sheldon Richardson, Olivier Vernon, Adrian Claiborne, Tay Davis and BJ Goodson. So we can see there's a lot of movement in a couple of spots here. Baker played out of his mind last year. They didn't even have uh, Odell Beckham Jr. on the field for the majority of it. They have the be- possibly the best one-two punch at running back. Is this team that is... Even though they hit their high point last year, possibly coming back stronger than before. This is an exciting situation. The Browns Browns fans have been waiting a long, long time to have a good team that it looks like it can have two consistently good seasons um, back to back. Um, I mean, it is a little bit like the Bills in a situation where the the kind of surprise, fun, we're good now thing is kind of worn off, and now they just expect are expected to win games and. Again, they are in a tough division, and it will be tough to, to, to kind of beat out the Ravens for the divisional title. Um, so the big things to kind of keep in mind with the Browns are, firstly, obviously, how good will Baker Mayfield be? Will he keep up the level that he had in the second half of last season, or will he regress again? I think he'll keep it up because I think we have what we saw was maturity. What we saw was Baker actually realizing that this team was on his shoulders and he had to do something with it and he had to step up step up in big games some of his decision making in the week 17 and in, in the wild card was really kind of very non baker-esque so i think he will be he'll kind of grow into that it's also important to know this will be the first time in his career he will have the same scheme for the second year running so the browns have that mysterious thing called continuity um, which can only be uh, good for them to be fair, Sean, they've had continuity. That they did, you know, go and sixteen and yeah. kept the same head coach. So. <laughs> well, good continuity, good continuity. <laughs> so they they will have Odell Beckham Jr. back now. There's kind of a weird stats thing here where the Browns were much better without him than with him, leaving to some people asking: Is he nece- is he going to be a hindrance to this team going forward? Is it kind of necessary to kind of push him aside? I think that could be more explained by the fact that the team just got better as the year went along, and particularly Baker got became a much better quarterback as things went along. I think OBJ gives them more options. I, I think they didn't have a huge passing game last year. There was there was a bit more of a reliance um, on the run, so this will give them more options in terms of that. Also, OBJ now has to contribute. Now he's no longer the, the I am the superstar of this team. Now it's this team made the playoffs and almost beat the Chiefs without me. I now have to prove that I am that I you know am valuable to this team. So I think we'll actually see a step up from him. And then finally, in terms of the defense, I mean, there's a lot of hype behind the defense now. They were ranked first by CBS, which looking at the rankings is probably says more about the guy who ranked them than maybe not knowing anything <laughs> about football. But um, Still, somebody who who analyzes football for a living thinks they have the best defense in the NFL, which is interesting. 
John Johnson, I think, is 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 going to be uh, big for them, and also Miles Garrett. Kind of asthma COVID situation. Hopefully, it's it's reached its end. He should be healthy. So I think the defense will be better. I think the offense will be better. I think this team has already proven that they can fight with the big boys. And the important thing is that they know it now as well. They know they can beat the Steelers on the road if they have to. They know they can they can take the Chiefs down to the the last two minutes of the fourth quarter if they have to. This is a team that can believe in itself, which is something we've never been able to say about a Browns team before. So I'm very excited about this team. I'm not quite in Connor territory of thinking that they're going to the Super Bowl, but I do see them being in the hunt for an AFC Championship spot. They may not quite get there. I think they'll probably, in, in my reckoning, they run into the Chiefs and fall just short in another epic. But I think they're in that conversation of, of being at least a 10-11 win team. They're going to be in the playoffs, and I think they can go quite deep. I think the big question is about the defense, right? Like, when I look one-to-one, these changes, like Jadavian Clowney for Olivier Vernon, Malik Jackson for Sheldon Richardson, uh, maybe slash Larry Ogunjobi. Andrew Billings, I think, is kind of replacing like the, the other one. I'm going to look at him and I'm going like, is this better? Eh, I'm not really that convinced about it, to be perfectly frank. Like, you know, Greg Newsom's a, is a rookie. I think Troy Hill coming from the Rams was a pretty good player. But I think Rams players, um, like John Johnson as well, who is, you know, these are players where they, when they've gone to other teams, they haven't necessarily lived up to what they've done with the Rams. Where they've tended to have very good defensive coordinators. And that's not to say that, you know, Joe Woods is not a good coordinator. He did a pretty good job last year. But I think, you know, the defense is one of the two huge question marks about this team effectively. And I'm not entirely convinced that they will be a better unit despite all this turnover. You know, I'd like the one player that I'm probably most excited to see whether they can live up to the to their hype is Jeremiah Wudu Koromoa, who Connor mumbled his way through. No, um, I didn't. No, I was annoyed that we didn't get him. <laughs> we would like the linebacker. So he, he dropped in the second round because of a heart issue or something like that. Um, mm. But all the people before um, in the pre-draft analysis were talking about this is a guy who could easily have gone in like the top like half of the first round. A really exciting kind of. Uh, every down linebacker who can play in multiple positions so i'm excited to see him but i think the big question besides the defense and how that turns out of course is that you know baker mayfield we've seen flashes like say the end of his rookie season when he came in where he's looked like a genuine like top level quarterback a, a truck as like uh, the move the sticks podcast would talk about someone who can drive the team forward who isn't just a you know someone who feeds off the talent around him and I think the big question for the Cleveland Browns is, you know, and this is especially pertinent because he's in the last year of his rookie contract, is, is Baker Mayfield a genuinely great franchise quarterback? We've seen flashes uh, in his rookie season. We saw flashes last year, but we've never seen him do consistently. But if he can make that next step, if he can do what Josh Allen did, for example, last year, then my expectations for the Browns suddenly go up even an extra step from what we saw last year and I think what we saw last year was a really really good team Kevin Stefanski has built a really solid contender like he comes from a, the Shanahan system where that tends to happen but it's it, I think if they're going to make that next step I think Baker needs to take that next step as well I think the defense will you know if it's mediocre as it was last year I think that won't be the hugest deal um, despite all the changes they made uh, but that Baker question, I think, is huge for the future of this franchise, really, uh, and the future of being a genuine AFC contender. It's certainly an exciting time to be a Browns fan. Is, is This is the first season that they're coming in with the bookies expecting them to have a winning season since they rejoined, oh, right? has to be, has to be. <laughs> Which is, you know, it's been, it's been a long road and stuff. So, yeah, wish them all the best. Uh, I've 
So we've got all the way from Ronan has them ten and seven and going out in the wild card. Sean has them twelve and five going out in the divisional round. We have Harry has them going thirteen and four going out in the wild card, and I have them going fourteen and three and all the way to the Super Bowl. And I believe can I have to go back and check my things. I think I have them winning the Super Bowl. <laughs> I love it. That, that uh, like, to be fair, if if the Cleveland Browns won a Super Bowl, uh, like I think you know, regardless of who you support, I think it would be difficult not to uh, open extra cans and celebrate long into the night for them. Because if any franchise deserves some love and some luck, it is certainly the Cleveland Browns. It'd be good to see it happen. And as you said, look, it is kind of that thing of hopefully the defense ties together and that keeps it going. Ravens are up next. So obviously high-flying team the last two years at the MVP the year beforehand, but have not been able to have it translate in the playoffs into anything particularly good. They've decided to rejig a bit on offense. They've been talking an awful lot about changing how they're going to be running. They're going to be running a lot more from under center, which could be good for play action and things like that. To that end, they've decided to retool the offense a bit. They've added Rashad Bateman, the rookie. They've added Sammy Watkins, Tyler Wallace, the rookie, and tight end Josh Oliver to their skill positions on offense. Then on O-line, Andrew Villanueva, Kevin Zeitler, and uh, Ben Cleveland. Jesus, the rookie, like, Browns couldn't drafted him. Uh, <laughs> defensive line, they've added uh, Odafe Owea and Dalen Hayes. On the D-line, they lost Matt Judon, Yannick Ngakwe, Jihad Ward, and Pernell McPhee. On the offensive line, they lost Orlando Brown, Matt Skura, uh, and DJ Fluker. And then at the skill positions, uh, Mark Ingram, Willie Sneen, Des Bryant, and Chris Moore are all gone. So obviously, look, there's a lot of line linebacker defensive lineman talent kind of gone from uh, from the team from last year but they have added in a couple of new pieces as well in the two rookies there's a lot of turnover at some of the skill positions but let's be honest like Mark Ingram Willie Steed Des Bryant these are all kind of slightly more tread on the tires types and they brought in two rookie wide receivers and stuff Sammy Watkins could be a nice addition if he stays healthy but occasionally doesn't but when he is he can be a big change around for them but this is obviously a team that is looking to expand what it does offensively a bit Ronan yeah and I think the team has a problem it's an addiction and it's to it's an addiction to how awesome Lamar Jackson is at what he does it's like they have a hammer, but it's like the best hammer ever. It's got like racing stripes and a really good grip. And if you throw it, it comes back like a boomerang. Like these all, these may not necessarily be the defining definitions of what makes a great hammer, but they sound cool, right? And they are absolutely create a lot of attention uh, for the team. But the problem is, is that sometimes you don't need a hammer. Sometimes you need other tools. And Lamar Jackson, when the chips have been down, and he's been asked to do old-school, boring quarterback play, has not reached the level required to, to, to break through the very best defences and the very best teams. And it's a bit of a concern. Like, you know, maybe Lamar, like Cam Newton, eventually will uh, have that kind of situation where everything falls right for him and he, he can make the Super Bowl, um, but hopefully fall on the ball uh, if it's near him. But it's a situation I kind of feel like you know, the Ravens really want to have a more diverse offense, that they don't want to just have this kind of single formation, which admittedly they can do a huge number of things of, but to have in their back pocket a traditional passing game. Like, they're apparently in early OTAs, they've had him do more stuff under centre, but the reality is, 
is that you know if things don't go well, and this is obviously as we've mentioned a really competitive division, and obviously the Ravens the expectations are sky high. Things don't go well, and with Greg Roman as your offensive coordinator, and this is kind of what we saw last year, right? They kind of started slow, and then they're kind of like, what? Let let's just put this to the side. Let's just do the the stuff that works, right? But the problem is, of course, is that. There feels like there's a cap on that. That, and you know, they bring in Rashad Bateman, the rookie, in the first round. They bring in Sammy Watkins, you know, who you know has been so-so, but at his better moments has been you know quite effective. And they're kind of going, okay, we have wide receivers now. Maybe we can start a passing game. Uh, and they obviously have Hollywood Brown as well. But like, do I think that they will genuinely get any of these guys to like a thousand yards? No. <laughs> like, it's basically a. It's no country for wide receivers, basically, in the, in Baltimore right now. And it kind of just makes you go, like, where is the extra step coming from? We've talked a lot in these previews already about, like, where is the additional talent, you know, uh, edge going to come from compared to what they've done already? And with the Baltimore Ravens, I just don't see that. And that's not even talking about the fact that, you know, they lost another set of, of, of pass rushers and they're expecting a couple of rookies to kind of, maybe replace them or have like fairly you know uninspiring players like Titus Bowser and uh, Jalen Ferguson to fill that gap but I think just on that uh, Lamar question it's it, it's a really challenging thing and of course you've heard certain you know more provocative commentators in the offseason talk about like is Lamar Jackson someone you want to give a superstar QB contract to because of his limitations I think obviously you have to because he's so he's got an MVP and he's so talented there is just that major question about the Ravens they're obviously going to uh, it could be very difficult to not pick them to go to the playoffs but this is a team that expects to win Super Bowls and and that's the big question for this team uh, it has been for the last couple of years and it's still a question this year let's be honest there is also as I look at this team a little bit of a that they're going to kind of have to start doing more with their wide receivers on the outside because while he's maybe not the youngest like Mark Ingram's gone their backfield is J.K. Dobbins and Gus Edwards they're fine I don't think they're incredible obviously they've done a bit of movement on the line so maybe that's going to assist them a bit but like I think I think they're going to have to start going more to the outside because I don't know if they've got the kind of power running game diversity that they would have had in previous years going into it I mean, I think ultimately what this is, is that the Ravens do not have an offensive scheme that fits the parts that they, that maximizes what they have. That that in the uh, Lamar Jackson era, they have not had figured out how to make the most out of what they have. And now they're trying something else. They're trying to add Bateman and Watkins and stretch the field and I mean Lamar doesn't throw long passes that's his thing so I mean again it's it's kind of like the Pat situation I'm struggling to see the joined up thinking so I mean this is the thing I'm struggling to see how this team I mean one of the criticisms they were getting around the midpoint of last season was that they were too predictable that the defenses would come against them and know exactly what they were going to do against them and knew how to stop them now they managed to fix some of that and they went on a bit of a run late on in the season to kind of to, to get themselves into the playoffs and stuff but there is still that problem is that once they can be figured out because they're not they don't have that much diversity in what they do and if they are figured out they don't have an awful lot of other options to go to is there a kind of a galaxy brain moment in this team where they figure out exactly how to make the most out of Lamar's talent and what they have I can't see it. Um, I'd love to see it because I think Lamar is, is the, the most exciting QB talent I've seen in a very long time. Um, I love watching him play. Does that mean that I would want to be a Ravens fan uh, and watch this team burn out on the divisional round year after year? Probably not. And they have that's what they have to fix because it doesn't matter how exciting you are, how many 
how good you look in the regular season. You have to be able to beat the big teams when it matters, and they just haven't done that yet, and I still don't see how they're going to get over that hump. Guys, I hear what you're saying. I hear what you're saying. But the counterpoint to all of this is that Lamar Jackson is awesome, and I think they just let him do whatever the fuck they want because uh, they really like watching it. Like it is, it is funny. Um, the Ravens, like Sean talked about their running, and I, I'm actually very high on the Ravens because I love what they do and I love watching them play. But like they went through that like tough run where people figured them out. Like you know they lost to, to the Pats, the Titans, and then the, the Steelers, and then they you know they found their way. They they got it all together by beating like the Cowboys, the Jags, the Giants, and the Bengals. So you know I was I was <laughs> saying this last year. I was it like, may not have been entirely down to them, but I, I well yeah, but they did they, 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 they did knock out they did knock off the the Titans in the in the playoffs. And Connor is a Chiefs fan. I think you know how difficult that can be. I I really think there's something there. I think what, what they have. <laughs> yeah yeah oh yes true. It was one time. It was one time. Okay, but genuinely, like I just think what they have in Lamar Jackson is just like what he can do is incredible. Yes, there are issues with maybe the scheme and the way the team plays. But I think if they're, they're able, they've got him some, some weapons, they've got him some big guys so that, you know, maybe accuracy won't be as much of an issue if you've got guys who can go up and win those 50-50 balls. Losing Mark Ingram isn't a big deal. Like, Ingram did nothing last season. Edwards and Dobbins provided the majority of the run, of the run. well, no, they didn't. Lamar Jackson provided the majority yeah. of the run game in that <laughs> offense. But you get what I'm saying. They, they were fine as complementary pieces. And I, I think, like, you know, you've got like you know you you, you add in you've, you know you've got your Hollywood Browns, you've got your Mark Andrews, you add in a guy like Sammy Watkins. Like these are big guys. These are guys who can get separation. These are guys who can wing those contested balls. You have a good O line. Yeah, there are maybe some questions about the D, but like John Harbaugh is one of those coaches who makes defenses work and has a history of making defenses into more than the sum of their parts. And I'm willing to give him some leeway on that. I think this is a exciting team. I don't actually know if when we were talking about the Bengals earlier, if this division is that tough because I think, and we'll talk about the Steelers later, the Bengals think we all agree are bad. I think there are two good teams in this division, though, basically, spoiler alert. Um, So, and I I don't think the Ravens' uh, schedule is actually particularly challenging based on when I was looking at it, uh, you know, 15 minutes before we recorded the podcast. So I think this team is going to do well. I don't, I agree with Sean that there's a a challenge. How does this team do when it gets into the playoffs? And that's where things kind of can come unpicked. But right now, like, this is a, this team is going to be good. Um, it's going to knock off a lot of teams in the regular season. And what we're criticizing is a team that is like 80, 90% of the way there and is struggling to put that last 10% together. But if you've got a guy like Lamar Jackson, you have a talent that makes putting those last few bits together easy. So yeah, I, I, I don't get the, I don't get the negativity. I think this is, this is a good team. I think they're going to do really, really well. And I think, they're gonna, but I think they've been a good yeah. team the last couple of years and they've fallen apart when they've come up against better competition. Yeah. And I, I well, Lamar Jackson the- got injured in the playoffs last year. Yeah, I think it is important to say, like, I think we all agree that they're a good team, but I think we're obviously going, like, Lamar Jackson is a unique talent, an amazing talent, so the expectations are set high, like, they, like, if they, if they don't make at least the AFC Championship game, that will probably be a disappointing season, and this is obviously a franchise uh, since its creation that has high expectations and high success, including in the John R. Harbaugh era. So, yeah, like it, I think all of us have them going to the playoffs. I think we all agree they're a good team, but I think we're all asking that question, like where is that extra 10% going to come from for them to be able to take on the Chiefs, Bills, the, the Titans? Like, you know, are we kind of, the, like I know they beat the Titans, but like are we of the position that they've, that they've either either they'll make that next step because Lamar Jackson will add that to his game, or that these changes to having a more younger defense might make a difference. Like where, 
Like, I'm, I think we're all just doubt, we're doubting because we haven't seen them doing the playoffs. I think, you know, it would be a surprise to not see them in the playoffs, but yeah, I think for this well, team, it's all about what they do when they get there. Well, conveniently, I have them uh, beating the Chiefs en route to the championship round, so I'm sorted, <laughs> you know? <laughs> so, yeah, I was going to say, in our in our estimation, so Ronan, you have them at 11 wins and going out in the div- divisional. I've got them at 13 wins, but going out in the wild card. Uh, Sean has them 13 wins going out in the divisional and you have them 15 wins and going out in the championship Harry yeah dropping both games to Cleveland as well interesting next up is the Steelers so uh, coming off a fairly poor performance last year they did make their way back up to the 500 mark but bad quarterback play very poor offensive planning for the most part it would appear ran into it uh, they have added in running back Najee Harris Kalen Balaj tight end Pat Fearmouth offensive line they've kind of done a bit of a rejig here as well because that was fucking woeful last year as well BJ Finney Joe Haig Dan Moore uh, Kendra Green, Rashad Coward coming in on the defensive side, Miles Killebrew, Buddy Johnson, and Isaiah Loudermilk. They lost the centre, Mike Pouncey. If you'll remember, there was a picture of him chatting with Ben. The people thought was the suggestion that Ben was going to retire as well. Uh, Villanueva is gone, and so is Matt Fellier. So uh, they've lost a lot there. Defensive line, Bud Dupree is gone. They also off the defence lost Mike Hilton, Stephen Nelson, Sean Davis, Avery Williamson, James Connor, Vance McDonald are gone off the offense as well. This is a team that didn't have an offensive identity last year. It wasn't. It was, James Connor was the, probably the worst running back in the league last year. They couldn't get a yard. I believe there was one game in particular where they had eight attempts to get a yard and a half and they couldn't do it. It was not great, but maybe that was just injuries to Ben. But he says he's healthy now, Harry. Uh, he says that everything's fine. They've got a good running back or at least in theory in this in, in Najee Harris maybe that plus the offensive line makes them a, a better like they did make it to to about 500 last year yeah well I think uh, I think Ben Ben saying he's fine is about the worst thing the Steelers could possibly hear from him at the moment uh, <laughs> I think I think it's abundantly clear from the last few seasons that uh, Roethlisberger is done and has been playing for way too long and it's interesting because they cleared out when you talk about the O-line which I wouldn't even call it a, a rejig it, it, it's a complete rebuild let's be honest on the O-line of clearing out yeah. a lot of long time veterans who've been very successful for the team because their time you know it was time for them to go but they haven't done the same thing a quarterback they haven't made that evolution and firstly i'm not massively convinced about all the replacements they've made at their line although yeah could it be worse yeah, yeah. maybe not the quarterback situation is rough roethlisberger looks done i don't believe he's going to uh, impress at all this season and then your backup is i think mason rudolph is still the backup there and I think he, he is, has uh... looked garbage whenever he's played and um, when he's not getting his head stove in for being a white supremacist but like there's no I, I don't get what the the plan is here because it feels like they're trying to do a rebuild but they're not sure what they're rebuilding around because they haven't changed the thing that was probably the biggest problem for them last season and that was the quarterback play and look I, I think I think I think they've got a they've got a, they've got a good coaching set up in there they've got a good team organization but there really is only so much you can polish a turd with that kind of stuff before you hit a, a wall and we saw that last year and from what I can see here we're going to see something very similar this season like even when you look at like you know I look at that defense and what they've done is is and this is interesting they've gotten rid of guys like Bud Dupree who were like very high impact players but were quite inconsistent and brought in guys who like probably have a lower ceiling play to play but are more consistent in how they play and I think that's a smart move but I don't know how that's going to work on a defense that was so explosive and got 
had its success through that kind of explosive play. And maybe it's okay, we're going to build it around, you know, we're going to build it around TJ Watt on that side of the ball and it'll all be fine. The other guys can just sort of hold position, let him run around a little bit. But I'm not sure if it is because now you have less guys who can do those really explosive, really dangerous, really challenging things. And that means that a lot more attention is going to be given to Watt because you're not worried about like Bud Dupree doing something mental because that's what he does. And having that kind of level of just unpredictability and explosion on that on that defense. Avery Williamson is another one who I probably put in that category, uh, although less so. So yeah, I'm not sure what's happening with Pittsburgh. Like I think that they're a good enough organization that they'll be they won't be actively terrible, but they haven't fixed the big problem from last season. It feels like they've addressed some of the pieces around it, but this is a team that struggled, that was just completely disjointed on offense because the quarterback was playing terribly and doesn't have the physical, like shown the physical limitations of that stage of his career. And anyone who they have who might come in behind him looks just useless. So yeah, I, I, this is this is a really confusing thing. If you're going to do what, move on and do your rebuild, move on from Roethlisberger, accept that Mason Rudolph isn't the future and try and get somebody else in there, even dip into free agency. There are plenty of big names going around, give them a whirl, short term, see how it works out. But it feels like they've rejigged and rebuilt some stuff around the same key piece that was holding them back last year. And I, I just don't see how that improves things. Yeah, it was rather confusing. As I remember, they also had, I think, possibly the worst contract in football that like, if he was to just retire, they would owe him like 35 or $38 million because, you know, the Steelers looked after him back in the day and he screwed them, which is why Ben has been very vocal on it was his decision. He suggested that he should take a pay cut in the interest of the team which let's be fucking honest like not a chance yeah i'm with you I, i'm not sure the offensive line is an improvement i do like the running back improvement i don't know what they're doing at quarterback they have what's his name from uh washington haskins don't they haskins who was like abysmal in washington as well so god knows if there's anything there like they've got a couple as you said on defense a couple of key contributors but then some of them are lacking the surrounding bits to kind of get the most out of them of like Mika Fitzpatrick is great, but Joe Hayden is another year older, and I'm not sure he's 100% anymore. There's not like Devin Bush is great. They've kind of got they've kind of got like one person at every kind of section, and then they've got nowhere where like well you have to really care about that because that's where there's two people coming from. You know, it's um it's very very perplexing because I I I initially had an idea that they were essentially expending this year to put together a roster for the future because like you know they bring in the running back and get him used to it they bring in this basically entirely new offensive line so that then they can gel as a unit and they can bring someone in that maybe they might be going after a, a disgruntled Aaron Rodgers next year or whatever but I'm not sure I'm not sure I even see that like I just I've got them going for like I think they've they've what they've always they've had had a winning season the last 14 years or something isn't it yeah at least eight and eight in the entirety of Tomlin's uh, reign yeah yeah. Um, I've got them I've got them losing that record anyway I just I just don't get because I don't I don't think Ben will be good enough and I don't know who they could even trade for that they could bring in that would get it to bang average I think Harry got it spot on here is the problem is the quarterback and it was so obvious last year when they've got a great receiving court Chase Claypool and, and Smith Schuster they were they were they had really good options offensively last year and that the, what was holding them back was the fact that Roethlisberger can't really play anymore and now he's a year older and they obviously it is got something to do with this contract hell that they felt they had to hold on to him and give him one more year. But if that's the case, why not try and bring someone in as a potential? Why not maybe try and 
move up to draft a quarterback to 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 move to move forward in next year or two years time or why not bring someone in to compete with him the idea that because we're stuck with him therefore our backups have to be Rudolph and Haskins I mean it's just it's it's the Steelers are such a well-run organization that it, I I'm with you guys and that just doesn't make sense why they wouldn't succession plan better than they have why have they gotten themselves into the situation where they're looking at a quarterback at least a year past his peak holding back an, an otherwise very talented team and just accepting that as their lot and not making any attempt to move forward. It doesn't really make a lot of sense to me uh, as a strategy. I think they'll end up getting somewhere around seven, eight wins because that's the kind of team that they are. But yeah, I, I struggle to see them making any kind of impact in terms of playoffs or anything like I that. Just, I just realized this is the perfect landing spot because there's been rumors doing the rounds the last two or three days that they're now looking for a trade partner and they're not looking for a ton. This would be where Gardner Minshew should go. He'd be great cracking this offense. He'd, he'd work well with the fast <laughs> receivers. Like, yeah, I could I, I could see him having great fun here. Yeah. Why, why would you uh, want all these exciting yeah. receivers to be underthrown every single play? <laughs> It'll make the better receivers in the long run if they constantly have to uh, <laughs> back to the ball. passes. <laughs> Apart from that, like I don't, yeah, I just, yeah, I, I don't even know how you're getting to eight or nine wins because I just, I just looked at, it, I was struggling to think of which teams when you looked at, they were just better than because like they're they're worse than okay, they're losing four of six, quite possibly in their division. Because I think the Browns and the and the and the Ravens are head and shoulders above them. I just I just struggle to see who they're better than. Like I have them beating like the Raiders, who could definitely you know probably take them. They'd be about the they'd probably be a bit better than them, except Steelers are home for it. Bears, the Lions, like but like they're losing to the Chargers. They're probably splitting with Bengals, they might win both. But like, are they better than the Titans? No, are they better than the Vikings? I hate the Vikings, but the Vikings are probably better than them. Like I just, it's it's a weird one because I know we'll probably just like we'll get three months time and we'll be like, oh no, it's fine. They figured it out. They just like direct snap to Najee Harris and Ben played fullback <laughs> for the year, like something like that. But I just, it's the first time in a long time. Rather than just disliking what they're doing, I'm like, I just genuinely can't see how that team wins games. Very positive note. So I've got them winning five. Yeah, I, I have them at nine wins. Nine. God like, has them at seven. Like, because I I think that's mostly just the record. Like, I think, you know, to, to some extent, like, they have a new offensive coordinator, Matt Canada. I think they'll probably be doing more misdirection. But, like, you know, I think it's one, just a small mention, like, the one thing I, I think is interesting for them is that their defense has certain players who they, they drafted highly but never really kind of came to fruition. Like, Devin Bush has been, has been kind of a disappointment. Terrell Edmonds has definitely been a disappointment. And now these guys are being required to, to carry the team. Like, obviously, they have TJ Watt and people like that still, but it'll be interesting to see whether that defense can make the next step now that they've slowly mm-hmm. had to drain the, 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 the veteran talent just due to the cap stuff. And they're going to rely on those young guys to actually make that next step that, that people had hoped they'd make the last couple of years. But I, I just because of just because it's Mike Tomlin, I'm I'm willing to give them the benefit of doubt and mean that they'll at least get to around the 500 point. And because of yeah. the record, I'll give them the uh, edge in the nine and eight category. It is interesting actually. The the addition of the game this year has meant that like there's that little bit more to stay because they can't just get eight and eight. Like they have to. Well, they can get eight and eight and one. Yeah, oh. I would I would say eight eight and one is probably more difficult than <laughs> just getting nine and eight. It's something to aim for. Need to yeah. Jeff Fisher to achieve that, I'm afraid. But uh. yeah, maybe Jeff comes back. Yeah, Steelers bit of transition. Just don't see how they transition out of it. Uh, that's all. 
But yeah, so that'll wrap it up for our AFC North preview. We must in future just end on more positive teams. <laughs> <laughs> our our yeah, next our next start one will... the bottom of the division and work the way uh, on. Oh, okay. oh next, God, next, our next is the AFC South. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Whoops. Oh well, yes, we know who's coming last in that one. Yeah, so next next up we'll be doing the AFC South. So tune in for that. If you have questions, fire them in. We're not we're probably not doing questions right now, but if it's particularly good, we'll work it into our conversation. Be the South, and then after that, it'll be the West, and then following on from there, we will move on to the NFC. So for now, it's bye from myself, bye from Ronan, bye, bye from Sean, bye, bye from Harry. See you. This has been all for quarter century listening, and we will chat to you next week.